0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to another episode. As promised in my last one, I wanted to dedicate this whole episode to talking about the books that I've come to really love and cherish. I also just want to make a quick little note about this podcast in general, just because I feel like these past couple of episodes have really veered towards me looking like some sort of self-improvement guru, which in actuality, i feel Fully intended for this podcast as to be an outlet for my thoughts and my experiences. If you happen to find what I'm talking about super relatable, then I'm super, super glad. But I also don't want you guys to think that I'm an expert when it comes to mental health, wellness, anything like that. All my opinions come from my own personal experience. So in one way or another, it will inevitably be biased um, in some shape or form. So, you know, self-improvement and everything is great. But I also want you guys to know that it is not the only thing that I will be talking about in this podcast which is why I have it listed underneath as personal journals. But if you're here to, you know, hear me ramble about whatever is catching my interest for the day, week, or month then this is a perfect spot for you, and I am so, so happy to have you here. Um, It's honestly been a very up-and-down week so far, so I'm really excited to kind of just put that aside today and talk about the one thing that has genuinely been bringing me so much happiness these past couple of months. Like, truly a form of escapism, but a healthy one. But I also want to note that I did recently post a video on my channel where I showcase some of the new books that I picked up and I recommended a few books on there as well and one of them I will actually be talking about but the other two that I will be mentioning so today we'll be talking about like three books in general that really stood out to me last year um but there's a couple other on the list that I really just exclusively talked in that video so if you want a couple more book recommendations then feel free to check out the video on my channel okay so don't forget all my social links will be in the podcast description I'm always replying back to messages and comments on there so don't be shy to check it out but yes so um okay before I begin talking about the books that I love and really want to recommend, I want to preface this by saying that I don't limit myself to one genre when I'm reading, so the small list is going to include mainly fictional books, but they span across a whole range of topics. I'm not, you know, the most critical reader out there. Sometimes I like to subjectively rate a book based on how it makes me feel in the moment, and i feel like that should definitely be something that you keep in mind when you're reading not only what you gain from the book but also how it makes you feel i don't think there's such thing as a bad book only a book that isn't really intended for you so if you've personally read these books and didn't like them then that's totally okay i completely understand but on that note let's just go ahead and talk about the first book on my list which was a book that i read last year and it really stuck with me because of the overall theme and lovely writing. An American Marriage. So it's a popular book, okay? It's definitely not um, underrated or anything. You might have heard of it, but I think it deserves all of the hype. I actually picked it up because I saw Bill Gates write about this, you know, um, whole review on Goodreads and it was very long and comprehensive and it inspired me to check it out for myself to see if I would actually be able to gain as much insight as he he did while he was reading. So essentially, you follow the timeline of a fictional couple that is at the hands of the American incarceration system. Their names are Celestial and Roy. He is a young so Roy is a young exec on the brink of, you know, really just starting out his career. He's young, um, full of potential, and the future is very, very bright for him. Then you also have Celestial, who is an artist. Um, they recently get married. And they're super excited to kind of just settle down into their new norm and discover the joys of being married for the first time. But then all of that is just taken away from them in the blink of an eye when Roy is falsely accused of a crime and sentenced to 12 years in jail. So throughout the book, you kind of just navigate from both of their perspectives how they deal with the new change, how they cope with their relationship, and just how they deal with um, their emotions when it comes to this kind of trauma. You also follow what happens after he's released and whether the relationship is strong enough to make up for all the time that has passed in between them. Celestial also has a childhood friend named Andre who is literally madly in love with her and he is also a very prominent character in the story. You will see how he plays the part in the whole thing but you know I don't want to spoil anything just in case you guys want to read this and I really hope you do because I think that This author really just has such a way with words. She's so, so talented. And I think the most moving part for me in the story was just... Um, when Celestial and Roy were exchanging letters while he was in prison and you could really notice how their emotions and feelings towards each other were changing as time went by. I'm honestly such a sucker for books that have like little letters in between because I feel like that just adds a whole new layer of really digging deep within the character's head and it just adds a whole new element to the story. Uh, this book is a work of fiction but of course it draws like very very obvious inspiration from people that go through this type of circumstance in real life. It deals with very important topics such as racism, you know, social injustices, the incarceration system. There is a lot to unpack in this book, basically um, it's so crazy because I used to have, like, a very narrow mindset and belief of, like, oh, you know, if my man was in jail, then I would definitely wait for him no matter how long it takes, and I would definitely make a commitment, um, I would want to honor that, blah, 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 but then, you know, this book kind of just took me on this whole roller coaster because it talked about so many different external factors and forces, which just made me realize that, I can't even side with either characters and there's really just no one to blame here. Hopefully that doesn't like spoil anything, but I think you kind of get the general gist of where the story heads. I absolutely love books where there's no absolute right or wrong side. It's really just people with different perspectives that are trying to navigate through life in a way that they believe is right and what they think will be best for them, which is obviously very, very realistic. Real life is never... Never just an easy road. There is no um, very clear right or wrong answer, and I love when that is represented in fictional tales. And I feel like that really shows how good of an author um, that person is just because they're able to really navigate through the complexities and all the layers that are involved with that kind of thinking. Um, but I want to just quickly read you guys this little section from the book, which I tabbed because I just really love this paragraph overall. Okay, so this was when Roy has been in jail for, I think, like a couple of months at that point, and this is from the perspective of Celestial. So she says, The time in the county jail shrank him. The boyish chub of his cheek was gone, revealing a squared-off jaw that I didn't know he had. Strangely enough, the leanness made him look more powerful than wasted. The only thing that gave him away was his poor fingers. He chewed his nails down to the soft meat and started in on his cuticles. Sweet Roy, the only thing that my good man ever hurt was his own hands. And let me just say, when I read that paragraph, I was like, oh my god god like that put me through something and i've just never read a line quite like that before in a book when it comes to like romances or when authors describe relationships and i feel like the way that she goes about writing this relationship especially in the beginning it's so tender it's so soft-hearted especially given the topic and theme of this overall book And it obviously kind of gave it this very pessimistic theme overall. Um, But yeah, so that's just something that I wanted to share. Um, You know, the author, Tyera Jones, she's very, very gifted. And I'll probably end up reading the other books that she's written sometime this year. But, you know, just starting off this list very, very strong. Okay, moving on to my next favorite of 2021. So, this actually started off my year with a whole bang. The book is Lovely War. I actually talked about it in my video. Okay, so the first couple chapters of this book were written so beautifully. I was honestly in shock, and I actually recommended this to my friend the moment I finished reading it. When she finished the first chapter, she was like, oh my god, this author's writing style is immaculate Um, we actually have this like little book club where we try to read the same book at least once a month it's actually been really hard though because we're both still in school and uh, just super busy all the time but we're making do so lovely war is a historical fiction novel that has a side of greek mythology it explores a whole bunch of other themes told through various perspectives that are all neatly interwoven together in a very seamless way romance is a very prevalent theme in here but it's not the only theme just because there are so many other things that are happening in this novel and sometimes romance isn't necessarily always at the forefront but it's still very much there and personally I prefer books that are like that. I love when romance is involved, but I hate when it's like the only thing in there. Like, for example, and um, not to hate on a book or whatever, but A Court of Thorns and Roses. I feel like I'm in the minority of people that really couldn't stand that book, unfortunately, but that's just because of personal preference. I can see why it's a very popular book and why so many people love it, um, but they love it for. like different reasons which i don't really care too much for when it comes to a book anyways this book it starts off with the goddess of love aphrodite being caught cheating on her husband with the god of war so she's put on trial to kind of argue her case of how love and war always find each other and they seem to always coexist no matter what throughout the book other greek gods make an appearance and personally one of my favorite aspects of this book was when it was being told from like their point of view and just the perspectives that they showcase throughout the book And it was really just the cherry on top because all of the gods like personalities were so different from each other and it was just so much fun to read. Aphrodite kind of goes about explaining her side of the story and the best way that she's able to do it is by talking about these two couples that have always stood out to her and they hold a very special place in her heart. From there, we kind of go down this timeline of these two couples that are connected in different ways and just they're very adorable love story. I'm telling you, the moment you start reading the first chapter, you're going to be hooked. I think for me, it's personally really hard to kind of find a book that sucks you in on the first chapter, so when you do, you just know it's going to be a good one. The writing style is just so, so beautiful. There is something so endearing about the way the author describes puppy love and this very innocent kind of courtship, and given just the era of which it's set in, it can be a little bit cheesy at times. I think given just the circumstances, it's understandable why a lot of people were quick to rush to falling in love and experiencing all of these, like, very cheesy things. Um, it happens very quick, but it's understandable. So, going into this book, I knew it was going to be sad or, you know, something tragic was going to happen because it was a World War One and World War II book, and I thought, oh, since i knew what was going to happen there's just no way i'm gonna cry at the end but let me just tell you okay i was doing so well when i was reading it but then there was just one line at the end that made me ball i was keeping it together the entire time i didn't think it was as sad and it didn't make me cry in like the first half and even like 70 percent of the book but then when i was reaching the end there was this moment that really got me and i was like dang I, yeah, so I just, I was bawling, tears were just streaming down my face, I might have just been like super extra emotional that day, but I don't know, there was just something about that part so hopefully I did a good enough job explaining this book it's really hard to kind of get deeper into why I think this book is really good without spoiling anything Um, I think the representation was done really well it was clear that the author did her research and the characters were so dynamic just so full of life the dialogue was just so much fun to read and I'm glad that a book like this exists because there's a lot of fictional world war ii books that are just downright depressing which is of course true to source material and real life, but I feel like there's very few books that are able to find that balance between showing the very morbid side of things while still allowing for the readers to get that feeling of hope um, and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I've read my fair share of really depressing World War II books such as A Book Thief, um, All the Light You Cannot See, and those books were amazing and I would also recommend them as well, but overall kind of they put me in this very depressed state of mind so it's nice to see that books like the lovely war exist out there because they're able to walk that very fine line of showing the reality of war without dampening the atmosphere too too much which i think is great and it's very very hard to do Um, Okay, so enough of that. Let's move on to the next book. I don't want this episode to drag on for too long and I'll most likely continue to record these book recommendations for future episodes as I read more books this year, so this definitely won't be the last one. Um, Another book that I read last year which was really good and it stood out to me because of the great pacing and interesting perspective was Forest of a Thousand Lanterns. I think this was the first time that i read a fictional book set in ancient china and it was also the first time i read an evil queen inspired retelling so this is essentially like from a villain's perspective if you'd like to look at it in that way um this book was just so much fun to read. Let me just say, I think it's really underrated because no one seems to talk about it as much as other books out there. I don't know why, but I'm here to give it the recognition that it deserves. So if you read a lot of YA novels that feature a morally and ethically good female protagonist, it might be fun to shake it up a little and read from the perspective of a girl that starts off wanting the right things, but becomes influenced to join the darker side if you will um She's basically the anti-heroine that you honestly can't help but low-key root for. There are a lot of moments where she's clearly in the wrong or what she's doing is just not going to be considered to be the right choice, but because you know about her upbringing and the history, you can understand why it's justifiable in her eyes. It's very much a whole redemption arc kind of situation, but for an evil person. Um, So the whole story is about this girl named Shifeng, who is a peasant in the village, and her entire upbringing, she's always been told by her aunt, who's low key like very, very mean, um, that she's like destined for great things. She's been primed to behave a certain way, to look a certain way, all to prepare her for this moment that her aunt keeps on telling her um, that is hers to have, um, she'll be able to make it inside, like, the royal courts, so that is essentially where her aunt wants her to end up, and she keeps on telling her and reiterating in the beginning half of the story, like, you are destined for greater things, you are not meant to be within this village, um, I am, like, priming you for this opportunity, so you better follow along these steps and rules, because if you don't, then you're literally, Really worth nothing, and that's essentially like her whole arc there. So you follow her as she goes through, you know, the trials and tribulations of really just trying to survive the royal hierarchy and social dynamic. She's treated super poorly by a bunch of different characters that are just straight up villains, which I thought was kind of interesting to read because it's one of those books that show you how different people can use their strengths and weaknesses to their advantage. I love books like that where you're able to see how people adapt to certain situations i'm personally just kind of tired of reading books where the protagonist seems to only have like physical strength but she's not able to use any other skill to accomplish her goal or destiny and then everyone around her is just like hyping her up and they're just like oh my god we've never seen someone like you ever before and i'm like damn really i don't know um but for me i just feel like it's really boring to read in a way i personally think that those characters come off to be a little bit flat and maybe it's also just because i find them to be less relatable to read about that could just be me um so this book is just all about how she tries to climb up the royal ladder by starting off at the very bottom like a literal servant so um, as someone that grew up watching historical Chinese dramas with my family, I think it really hit the nail on the whole treachery and betrayal aspect when it comes to like the royal family and things like that. Um, a lot of the quote unquote villains in these shows they come off to be very comical in a way because there's obviously no complexity behind their story, and I think that's something that is also kind of lacking in this book in particular. But I think I'm just able to forgive that because of how entertaining this story is overall, so not that big of a deal for me personally um I know that there is a sequel to this book but it's not from her perspective although she does eventually make an appearance I think it's supposed to be a retelling of Snow White which makes sense because the first book is about the history of the evil queen but I don't think I'm going to read the sequel just because I've seen some reviews say that the second book was a little less exciting and it didn't hold the same level of intrigue and moral greatness that like the first book kind of held so given that Snow White is this very morally good person. I can understand why it might be like a little bit boring just because it's easier to predict what the character will do in certain situations. I also think that this book had really good pacing. It was concise and made for a fun and quick read, so add it to your Goodreads if you're looking for an entertaining and light book. Those are the three books that I wanted to talk about in this episode, An American Marriage, Lovely War, and Forest of a Thousand Lanterns. If you end up reading Reading any of these and you end up enjoying them let me know send me a dm i love talking about books it's always a fun time um also make sure to follow me on instagram and youtube i also have a Goodreads, which is linked in my latest video but that is about it for this episode so i hope you guys enjoyed it and i'll talk to you guys soon bye